uh, like Pastor Nick said, my name is Jeremy. I've already introduced myself. I'm the youth pastor. I'm honored for the opportunity to get to preach today and to get to kick off this series this week. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, obviously, I don't like the the consequences that took place for me to be here today, but uh, I, I'm just I'm, I'm excited to preach today. Um, I want to encourage you, if you brought a notebook, maybe you brought your phone, don't be playing games, but I want to encourage you to take notes, to write some things down, and not because of anything great and wonderful that I'm going to say today, but if it was Pastor Dennis, Pastor Nick, Pastor John, anybody up here preaching, you need to take notes, you need to write some things down, because who knows what God could speak to your heart during the message, and we say in our student ministry that note takers are history makers, and note takers go to heaven, so... Which is not true, just so you know. Um, um, but I, I do want to let you know this, that I am a hollow back kind of preacher. Uh, I don't know if you know what that means, but if the, the more you amen, the more you holler back, you can say preach it. White boy, whatever you got to say. If you, the more you preach back at me, the faster I'll preach and the better it will be. And we'll get out of here in a good time today. So, um, so we're kicking off this series today called Kingdom Culture. And this is a series that's designed to get us, the church, talking, thinking, acting like, and building the kingdom of God is a huge deal. And we want, to, we want that to be the culture of our church. We want that to be all about what we're all about. We want to be people who are all about building the kingdom of God. And, and, and um, we, we want to help others find Jesus. That's what the kingdom culture is all about. And I believe if, if you are a church person today or not, you may be here today and be like, someone made me wake up with a lack of sleep today and get here. I, I, I pray and I hope that there's something for you today that you can pull uh, from this message today. By the way, I did draw the card of preaching on, on uh, daylight savings time. So uh, here's what I'm going to need from you. Stay awake. Uh, this, if, if, look at the person next to you. Tell them, say, hey, if you even close your eyes, get your sharp elbows ready. I'm married. I know what a sharp elbow is like. You just be watching down the aisle. Maybe you need to wad up the bulletin and throw it at somebody. Whatever you got to do, help the person around you stay awake today. Um, Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. So if you brought your Bible, we are in Matthew 8 today. And this is a story today of of a leper. And and so I'm going to give you some insight today on on how uh, to address some of the messiest parts of our lives. So if you're following along, if you didn't bring your Bible, it's right here on the screen. You can follow along here. It says Matthew 8, starting in verse 1, it says this. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and, and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately. His leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So today I wanna speak on, on the subject of moving toward the mess, of moving towards the mess. And, and I, I, I've told this story before and I've told you guys this before and I'm gonna keep telling you guys this so you don't touch me. I am somewhat of a germaphobe. Uh, I saw you coughing back there. Don't touch me. Um, 
And, and not, not really, but kind of. And, and like whenever I am at a restaurant or I walk into a bathroom and I see a sign that says all employees must wash their hands, I have an issue with that. I believe the sign should say all humanity. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Yeah. So like, like seriously though, who is going to the bathroom thinking to themselves, well, I'm not an employee, so don't do that. So it's difficult, though, being a little bit of a germaphobe in, in ministry and being in ministry. And, and ministry requires that you, you pray for people, that you touch people, that, um, that you shake hands. Um, and you, you will honestly, and, and this is just, just me, something I do, you will honestly rarely see me in the lobby without a cup of coffee in my hand. That is so intentional. I either have a cup of coffee and a Bible in the other hand. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good to see you. Oops, I can't shake your hand. I'm so sorry. You know, like, uh, and I'll, I'll never forget uh, one year um, going to kids camp. And, and I went to kids camp and I went to pray with this kid in the altar at kids camp. And the whole time this kid was talking to me, had these two strings of boogers. It's not, it's not coming out of the nostril area. And, and um, I couldn't take my eyes off of it, to be honest with you guys. Like, um, by the time that it was time to pray, I was so focused on the snot that I don't even know what they needed prayer for. I was like, Jesus, heal him, heal him, Jesus. Like, like this can't happen to me. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, Pastor Dennis and Pastor Nick love buffets. You name it, Golden Corral, Pizza Ranch, Legends of uh, Asia. <laughs> I want to encourage you to pray for your pastor's people. They, 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 they nasty. Um, so as gross, though, as I think buffets are, this is similar to how Jews felt about people with leprosy. They didn't want to touch them. They were nasty. Get me away from there. I don't want to go there. Pastor Dennis took me to Legends of Asia last week, and I think he just did it out of spite. He's mean sometimes. And the laws, though, for lepers were enormous. Like if you, you were a leper, you were ostracized to live outside of the city limits. You had your own little leper village. If you were a leper and you went to the grocery store, as you were walking in, you would have to shout out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Everywhere you would go, you would have to shout out, unclean, everywhere you went. Because people believe that if you came within a certain distance of a person with leprosy, you could also get leprosy. The doctors called this disease death by inches. You would literally lose one inch of your body a year. Imagine how short I would be. <laughs> Some scholars say, <clears throat> say that leprosy could take up to 40 years to kill you. And scholars and prophets also believe that if you had leprosy, it meant that you did something to deserve leprosy. It was the perfect symbol and the embodiment of sin. In other words, sin may not completely destroy your life in a moment, but it will slowly destroy your soul little by little. See, a leper, they would begin to lose their nose 
and then they would begin to lose their, their toes. And pretty much any extremity that they had would begin to fall off, would begin to rot off of their body. And the worst part is that, is that uh, leprosy, if it, if it didn't affect you physically, it's what it did to you socially. How people treated you. If you had a family, you couldn't live with them anymore. If you had friends, no more. If you had a job, it's gone. You couldn't really walk around at, you, you, what you would have to do is you would have to walk around and you, most of the times it's at night and you had to be fully covered. Think like, um, like The Walking Dead or, or Zombieland or, or for our younger crowd in the room, The Cheese Touch, Right? And you had no friends, like nobody touched you, nobody wanted to get close to you, nobody wanted to get near you. It was a death sentence. But Matthew, he gives us the story and it starts with this. A great multitude comes down a mountain and they're following Jesus. So upon further review, you've got to ask yourself, why were they following Jesus down a mountain? Well, I'm glad you asked. Jesus was just preaching what is called the Sermon on the Mount. And scholars agree that this is one of the greatest sermons of all time. And they, also took, it also took, they say it also took about three days to preach this message. So what Matthew is doing, he's giving us basically the cliff notes. Uh, and and, and, and you, you guys think we preach long, right? Um, so, but the message, it starts off pretty encouraging it says stuff like, "Be blessed are the peacemakers. Oh man, I want to be blessed. I want to be a peacemaker. That's really good. I want to hear that, Jesus. We want to be blessed. And then it takes a turn. Matthew 5 verse 20, he says this, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Imagine if I started off my message today. And I love seeing Pastor Newby here today. Imagine if I started off my message today saying, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of Pastor Dennis or Pastor Newby, none of you will enter the kingdom of heaven. Then it gets even worse. Matthew 5, 27, he said, you have heard it said that uh, to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman with lust in her eye has already commit in his whatever lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Whoa, Jesus. You're trying to tell me that I could commit adultery by looking at Instagram? By by scrolling through Facebook? Yeah. You can. Jesus is looking at the heart and not even your actions. But then it gets worse. Jesus is like, hey, um, if you really have an in- issue with the Instagram deal and, and you can't take your eyes off of that girl at the gym or that guy at work, if you have a problem with that, uh, with what I just said, I've got a solution for you. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Well, Jesus, when was the last time you saw a Christian walk in the church with an eye patch? Well, guys, uh, let me tell you what happened. I was scrolling through Facebook and uh, no one would do that. But get this, it gets worse again. 
He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. (sighs) Then it gets even a little bit more discouraging. He says, if someone punches you in the face, what do you do? Turn the other cheek. Wow. I want you to watch how chapter 5 ends. Matthew 5, 48, it says this. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Jesus. That's, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> so Jesus, he's, he's gathering, he gathers all these people around. And they're on the mountaintop. They're on top of the mountain. And he says, hey, I know you're going through a divorce. I, I know you've got money problems. I know you cheat. I know you lie. Uh, but, but here's the answer to all your problems. Just be perfect. Yeah, that's it. Imagine being at that mountaintop going, he wants us to do what? Matthew 7 ends saying that people were astounded at the authority that Jesus spoke and by his teachings. They were loving this. They were eating this up. And then we started and go to Matthew 8. And just so you know, when Matthew wrote the book of Matthew, he didn't put the numbers in there. There weren't chat- This was the continuation of the story. Then we start Matthew 8 and says, there's this great multitude of people with Jesus on top of a mountain for a three-day conference. And the message is called Mission Impossible. Because there's nobody who can fulfill this. So Jesus, he leads them off. He preaches the message. He leads them off of the mountainside on a field trip. And then they, what do they run into at the bottom of the mountain? It's the very embodiment of sin itself. And this message is what Jesus is about to teach. It's, It's the greatest message. The message is that we need a savior. Because if you can't follow his instructions Because you can't follow his instructions without him. You don't need a savior. You need a God to save you. Because when humanity needed saving, Jesus volunteered. He said, I'll do it. Jesus is willing to come down from the mountain and meet you at the very bottom. See, the gospel is not a story of us going to God. It's a story of God coming to us. And here, and, and here we're about to illustrate um, by this meeting of, of the leper where he is. So what I love about Jesus is that he spent most of his life, most of his time on earth moving towards the messes. There's some of the same messes that honestly that we spend a lot of our lives distancing ourselves from. Matthew 8 verse 2, it says this, And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. See, the beginning of this verse kind of perplexes me a little bit. Of all people, why would a leper be worshiping Jesus? He hasn't done anything for him. Your life is not good. You are dying. And you believe, honestly, probably that it's God's fault. But, but the leper decides to worship anyways. See, I, I, I felt as I was studying and work on this last night, I felt the need to kind of add this into today. Um, but, but I want you to know this. Don't wait for your circumstances to change before you decide to worship. 
See, I realize today, with a crowd this big, and as many people in the room as there are today, there may have been a, a lot of people who walked through our doors today with some things that you're carrying that you wish that God would change right now. And I pray that he does. But before he does, worship anyway. Worship anyway. I can only imagine what could happen if we decided to worship him before anything was even changed. I I dare someone, I dare you to get a little crazy this week. And before you, you pull into your job tomorrow, before you pull into that school tomorrow, before you pull into your home tomorrow, you, you, be, before you go into that, those places, that, that, that job that you despise, that school that you hate, or that turmoil in your home, pray and say, God, you know there's some circumstances that I'm about to step into. This place is a mess. I don't even like most of these people. But Lord... I'm going to worship you first. You can't change some things, but what you can control is how you worship. Worship anyways. And perhaps on the other side of your worship is a miracle. See, a while back, I got into a car accident right at the bottom of this hill right down here. And and the intersection of Little Blue and Highway 40, it's a terrible intersection. Um, But... Real quick, though, by a show of hands, how many of you guys um, have either been in an accident in that spot or know someone who has? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of us around this room. It's terrible. It's the worst intersection in all of Kansas City metro area. Maybe not, but I think it is. I'll never forget that guy pulling out in front of me as I'm going through the light. And, and, and then after that, me standing on the side of the road, struggling to catch my breath because the airbag came out, the impact of the seatbelt across my chest, it almost cut like into my chest. And I, I was scared. I was worried. I, I thought I had broken ribs. And in that moment, there was no band. There was no worship team. Pastor Nick wasn't lit, sitting there playing. Next to me. Kristen wasn't singing in my ear. But all I could think of in that moment was, you have no rival. You have no equal. And it was just, it was just a natural response for me. I went to the hospital, and it turns out I was was just badly bruised, nothing broken, nothing major. But what if I would have waited to get the good news and then say, you have no rival, you have no equal. See, here's what I know about every person in this room. You're going to go through things on a Tuesday. You're going to go through things tomorrow. You're going to go through things on a Wednesday and you don't have time to wait for the weekend for the band to fire up and to start singing to help you out. My prayer is that in that moment, you will worship anyways with whatever breath is left in your lungs. See, the leper's request to Jesus was this. I know you can make me clean. See, the word clean is everything in Jewish culture. He's saying, it would be really nice to be healed, but what I want is for my soul to be made clean. Did you know that uh, a, a Christian's faith can be powerful to help someone who has none? But for your soul to be restored, 
you have to surrender that yourself. See, this is a man that needs, he needs the full package. Jesus, just do it. He needs everything. Life's a mess. He's literally falling apart. And then the Bible says this, that Jesus put out his his hand and he touched him saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. See, when Jesus reached out his hand, um, you've got to imagine that at least one of his disciples, probably Timothy, I don't know, um, in that moment, uh, I'm sorry, Thomas, excuse me. Um, he, in that moment, he was probably thinking, uh, Jesus, uh, heal him, but don't touch him. Right? Heal him, but don't touch him. We, we, know, we, we know, Jesus, that you have the ability to heal just by speaking it, just by saying it. Heal him, but don't touch him. We didn't, he wouldn't want to mess up a perfect scenario by touching the mess. See, this man needed more than a healing. When Luke's gospel, it tells this story, it says that a man was full of leprosy. In other words, it says that he had the, it means that he had the advanced stages of leprosy. Like he's on his last leg, maybe literally. And this man probably hasn't been physically touched in 40 years. You see, his, his healing illustrated miraculous power, but his touch illustrated miraculous love. See, I, I wonder how many of us have ever come across a mess that we spend a whole lot of time avoiding. I don't really feel like dealing with that person today. I don't really feel like that conversation So we put the mess on the back burner, but the gospel compels us to move towards the mess. I wonder how many times we see that person in the office or we see that person on the job or we see that person in the classroom and they're so lost and they're so hurting and they're wondering if anyone cares at all. I wonder about the people sitting right near you in the row down from you or the people next to you, the people around you. That one encouraging text might mean the world. That one encouraging conversation might mean the world to somebody. What if you were, you were somebody who was willing to go towards the mess? <clears throat> I promise you that it would be, it'll be an inconvenience on in your life. I can promise you that. But I believe that the gospel should inconvenience us every now and then anyways. What if we prayed today, Lord, send a mess my way. You're like, I'm living with one, right? All married people. And, 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 and when it comes, Lord, send the mess my way. And when it comes, give me the wisdom to know how to pray. Lord, put lepers in my path. I bet you won't have to look very far. What you didn't realize is that we're, we're, we are not the great multitude in this story. We're all the leper. And we all need a touch from Jesus. Could our band come back up? Here's what Jesus did. Jesus, he used his authority <clears throat> to help the leper be restored physically, spiritually, and socially. 
See, Jesus is in the business of restoring lives, and, and he wants the great multitude to know that when you're messed up, when, when you're falling apart, when you need cleansed, when you need healed, he will be there. This should be good news for someone today because you're wondering today, right now in this moment, if God can look past your mess. See, the good news is that we serve a God who brings dead things to life. See, the gospel isn't getting what you deserve from the mess you made. The gospel is getting what you don't even deserve. Whatever we think we deserve, that Jesus is here today saying, you know what, I'll pay for it. With my own blood, with my own life, I'll pay for it. I'll cover it. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this room, just for a moment, don't fall asleep on me. I'm going to ask our, our I'm going to go ahead and ask um, our prayer team to come on up if you would. Uh, we're just we're going to I know we're running a little bit late, but we're just going to take a, a, just a moment today. Um, perhaps you're in this room and your life is a mess. Or perhaps you're in this room and you are in desperate need of a savior. You aren't here today by accident. Actually, let's do this. Let's go go ahead and stand together. This isn't exit the room time either. Maybe you're here today and you need a savior. Maybe you need that Savior Jesus that we've talked about today. Or, or maybe you're here today and, and you're in the middle of a mess and you need the touch of Jesus. I'm going to pray real fast. And then here's how we're closing today. It's real simple. It's real easy. And, 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 and I want to encourage you to respond however you need to. Maybe you need to respond today by just stepping forward to the front. And we've got people here today who want to pray with you, who want to touch heaven with you, who want to see the power of God change your life this morning. For the rest of you in this room, maybe you don't need to respond. Uh, maybe, maybe all you need to do is just walk forward with someone who does need to respond or walk forward and pray with someone who, who needs someone to stand next to them. Maybe this is your moment. Maybe this is your time to just Hold still for just a moment and just simply worship. I'm going to ask you to do this. Maybe look at the person next to you and and just ask them, hey, would you like to go to the front with me? And if they do, nobody comes alone. Grab them, say, can we walk together? I'm going to pray. Our band's going to sing for a moment and I'm going to ask you to respond. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for speaking to our hearts today. We thank you for challenging us, changing us, and speaking to our lives. Lord, I pray that that you will begin to heal hearts, heal bodies, change lives today, and draw people to you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Show us your glory.